0: All right, if you would, would, turn with me to the book of Habakkuk this morning. Habakkuk, um, or as they say in America, Habakkuk, I think that's the right way to say it. Um, the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk was a, I, I love, those who know me for a long time know that I love what we call the minor prophets, the shorter books at the end of the Old Testament, where guys who aren't as famous. These aren't the these aren't the, the Isaiahs and the Jeremiahs and the Lamentations, oh he's not a prophet. And the Daniels. These are guys who are a little bit less known and there's so much packed in these things. And Habakkuk was one of these people. He wrote in about 600 BC. So we're talking what's that 2 2600 years ago. Habakkuk wrote this book and Habakkuk was in a state. He just he 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 was confused and we're not going to preach the whole message um he was in a state because he, because he looked at his nation and in chapter one and also in chapter two, Habakkuk is complaining to God because the nation is a mess and he doesn't know how God can let them keep getting away with their sin. So God comes to the end and God says, okay, uh, sure enough, the nation is a mess and I'm going to judge them, but I'm going to use my, I'm going to use your enemies to judge the nation and that really threw Habakkuk in. he he didn't know what he didn't know what he was going to do now it's a different situation for us we're not looking at god using our enemies to punish our nations or anything like that we're looking at a whole different kind of crisis but still if we think about it and 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 you know i wish i was spiritual enough To never question what's going on. It's hard to see why what is going on is going on, and people ask me that all the time. You know, why is this happening? What's going on? And and we pray, and we don't get any real clear answer. And so we, you know, we we. So what do we do? Well, I want you to look at Habakkuk starting in chapter two, verse two. We'll be we'll be looking at chapter two when Habakkuk um, decides to follow God. Chapter two is a whole chapter about judgments. But there's some highlights in chapter 2 that we're going to look at. And then chapter 3 comes up, and we have Habakkuk's Psalm of Praise at the end. And our focus is, is that we as God's people, we as God's children, get to the point where we can look at crises like this and praise God for what He's doing. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2. If you don't have a Bible, that's fine. I'll be reading the verses to you. If you do, you can flip there. You open your phone, your iPad, whatever you've got and follow along. But if you don't have a Bible handy, that's alright. I'll read the verses to you as part of the message. Let's start with prayer and begin looking at the book of Habakkuk and how he dealt with the situation he didn't know how to handle. Father, thank you for our chance to be together this morning. Bless our time together in your word. Teach us how we handle crisis and our what our response to crisis should be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We start in chapter 2 verse 1. Uh, the first verse we're going to look at. In chapter 2 verse 1 is the time that Habakkuk has really, he can't figure it out. He doesn't know what to do. Um, and he says this. He says, I, I, I can't get it. But he says, I'm gonna, I will stand upon my watch. I will set myself up in the tower. I will watch to see what he will say to me and when I, and what I shall answer when I am reproved. What he's basically saying is here, he says, you know what? I can't figure this out, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go up to the tower, to my prayer tower, and I'm going to wait and see what God is gonna do, and see what, see how God's gonna answer me. It kind of reminds me of Job. Doesn't remind you of Job when Job was going through all the struggles, and he finally asked God what was going on. Then he stopped and and all right, God, let's see what's going on here. Now, the problem is, and this is the interesting part of this, is that as we go through this, I'll go ahead and give you a spoiler for the end of the message. God is not really going to give him an answer to his situation. God's not going to tell him why he works the way he does, and that's because we are not God. We cannot comprehend the mind of God. The book of Isaiah says that God's ways are above our ways, and his thoughts above our thoughts, and God is going to accomplish his purpose. I don't have a clue. Why we're facing this this COVID virus thing? I, I don't have. I could not tell you. Some people are saying it's God's judgment. Some people are saying it's this. It, it, it could just be living in a broken world. And in a broken world, you have diseases and bad things happen when the world is broken and it's full of broken people. So so, so, uh, so, Habakkuk, we have him sitting here. And then God answers him. And God goes on in chapter 2. And chapter 2 is full of more judgment that he's going to send. But I'm just going to pick out a couple of key lessons from Habakkuk chapter 2. The first of these is, is in chapter 2, verse 4. And this is a lesson that is vital for all of us. It. It's a vital for the world today. He says in chapter 2, verse 4, Behold his soul. Which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Powerful Old Testament message. He says in chapter 2, verse 4, that same things we see in the book of Romans, same thing we see in other passages of scripture. Um, We see it in Romans, we see it in Galatians, we see it in Hebrews. Um, God says the same thing, the just shall live by faith. But the beginning of the verse says this, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him. In the book of Romans, we find out that all men are sinners. There is none right. There's no not one. There's nobody righteous apart from Jesus Christ. And man thinks he's right. He thinks he's okay with God. But God says, no, nobody's right with God. But then God gives the answer right after that. He says, the just shall live by faith. Now, how do we get to be just? Just is right and just is... um, what well, it sounds like it's, it's a person who's just and right. And how do we get to the point of justice? People try all kinds of things. Religious people try their religious ceremonies. They try all kinds of stuff to deal with this concept. But the only thing that works is what Habakkuk says here. The just will live by faith. The only way to get through this problem of, of being being suffering God's wrath because we're unjust, the only way to solve that problem is to trust God by faith. Works are not going to do a bit of good. We're not not saved by works. But we're saved by the faith that God gives us. God gave us the grace to save us by faith, when we put our faith in Him. Now, down in verse 14 is the next point he makes here. And I am jumping through these, because we're not looking at the judgments particularly today. Verse 14 of Habakkuk chapter 2 says this, For the earth shall be Filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Habakkuk's goal here, what Habakkuk is saying here, is that God is going to, um, it, God's desire is to fill the earth with His Word. And we have a prime time to do this. Those of us who are Christians, have a prime opportunity to share God's Word and spread God's Word from sea to sea. We're so blessed with technology. I I look at my Facebook feed through the week and on Sunday mornings and God's Word is going out from so many sources all over the world and hundreds are being affected by the preaching of God's Word. We would normally have, what, 35 or 40 people in church on a Sunday morning and yet we're usually reaching every week over 100 people. So God's Word is getting out and God can use these crisis times and even when the nation of Israel was in crisis God says his desire is to fill the whole earth with his glory Um, and our purpose as God's people today is to do just that: is to make sure that God's purpose is fulfilled Um, hold on right, now let's move on to the next thing the next thing as we go through the list is verse 20 and verse 20 is an amazing, it, it just tells the same thing we preached on last week, I think it was. We preached recently on, be still and know that I am God. Well, Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 20 says the same thing. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. God is doing his work. I don't understand it. God does his work through the worst of our crises. I, 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 I personally, I have a hard time saying anything that happens on this earth. Is God's judgment I, I I have a hard time claiming that because but what God does is God uses tough times to do a work and we need to remember no matter how bad it gets and this could still get bad that God is still in his holy temple and we as God's people need to be still and know that he's God and he's doing his perfect work in our lives The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. Um, We said last week, I think, in the message, this is kind of like where God is saying, Listen, just shut up and let me work. I, I, I don't understand the mind of God. But God says, I'm in my holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence and let God do his work because God has a goal. And we saw his goal just a few minutes ago. He wants to use crisis to make sure that the whole earth is full of the word of the Lord, that everybody has a chance to hear God's word and to be saved. So that leads down to chapter 3. So we've looked at some principles there. Chapter 3 is Habakkuk's prayer. I love reading the prayers in the word of God. Habakkuk, Habakkuk was a person just like you and me. He struggled like us. We see here he even doubted God. He couldn't figure God out. And he admitted that. Um, so he prayed. And he began praying in chapter 2. Uh, the first verse, verse 2 of chapter 3. He responds to God's work with praise. Chapter 3 verse 2. Oh Lord I have heard your speech. And I was afraid. O Lord revive your work in the midst of the years in the midst of the years make known in wrath remember mercy. A couple of things that are we see there first of all Habakkuk heard God talk and the Bible says here he was afraid and that's a it's a it, the word afraid there means that he was caught up in the awe of God. Afraid and fear and those kind of things are kind of difficult words to translate per, perfectly. But he realized he was afraid because he saw the power of God. And we need to remember that God is all-powerful through these times. He says, revive your work in the midst of the years. And guys, we need to be praying for revival. Those of us who are Christian need to be praying that God would use this crisis to turn people to Him. I have so many friends on my on, when I walk on the canal, and not as many now as there were the last couple of weeks. People are spacing out their walks. But everybody was ready to talk about God now. I was pleasantly surprised to see that most people are not blaming God. They're just, they think maybe God is trying to get our attention. And I think that's the key thing to remember that God is trying to get our attention. Habakkuk is praying that God would bring revival today from two o 'clock to three o 'clock there 's a national hour of prayer um, that we need to, that i think we, we could all do well to stop between two and three this afternoon and pray for the pray for victims of the covid virus Yes boy, I tell you pray for our frontline workers who were working in the hospitals and in healthcare centers and nursing homes and um, all everybody's associated with them and people who have to go to work to make sure that we can buy our groceries and 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 all those services uh, we need to pray for our binmen they've got the dirtiest job of all then I went out yesterday morning And I gave our men a box of chocolates and told them that we were praying for them and praying that God would take care of them. We need to be praying for protection. We need to pray for God to protect us and do his work. And yeah, it wouldn't hurt a bit for us to pray that God would bring this thing to a conclusion. But we also need to be praying that God would use a crisis like this to make people aware of their need of God. To make, make people aware of our mortality. Life isn't forever. And these kind of things, we've, man, a month ago, we were riding, as I'd say back in Alabama, we were riding high on the hog. Um, everything seemed great. The economies were strong. Things were booming. And then a month later, and we're seeing how frail and how human man's plans are. We need to be praying that God would use this time to revive his work. And then at the end of verse three, it says, In the, in the midst of the years, make known. He says, In wrath, remember mercy. Now, I don't necessarily think we're under God's wrath right now. But he says here that he points out the mercy of God. One of my favorite verses in scripture is from Lamentations chapter 2, verses 22 and 23. This verse, uh, Lamentations, was Jeremiah going through a time like this. He was lamenting the fall. That's why it's called Lamentations. He was lamenting the fall of his nation. In chapter 3, verse 22 and 23, he says, uh, It's through the Lord's mercies that were not consumed. Um. Because they are new every, because his compassions fail not, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. If it weren't for the mercy of God, guys, we would not even be holding together as well as we are. When Adam and Eve sinned, their sin broke the world. And if it weren't for God's mercies, he could have just everything could have been wiped out right then and there, and God would have been just to do that. But God keeps us going. He pours out his mercy day by day. We still have air to breathe. And we still have um, our hearts keep beating. And our lungs keep breathing. Whatever they do. Expanding and contracting. And we and we go to bed at night. I don't think about my, my heart all night. God just keeps it beating. It's God's mercies that keep us going. God, It's by God's mercy that um, most of us are, are well now. This thing could have taken off and wiped everybody out. That God, um, Habakkuk prays that God would show his mercy even during the difficult times of crisis. And then in verse 3, there's a prayer. Um, God came from Taman and the Holy One from Paran, and he talked about the situation back there. Uh, it says in verse 4, God's brightness was as the light. And so the thing is, we have the light of God working in our lives. And we have God being able to to show us his mercy. And God is a light in the times of darkness. He appears as a glorious God. And then, he goes chapter, then in the rest of chapter 3, verses 5 through 15, is all about the judgment that God's going to pour out. So we're going to jump down. Um, as I said, we're not looking at the, the judgment aspect of this. We're looking at how he handled crisis. Down in chapter 3 and verse 16 he says when i heard when god spoke he says my belly trembled my lips quivered as voice rottenness entered my bones i trembled in myself that i might rest in the day of trouble. When he comes into the people, he will invade them with his troops. And the point here is is that Habakkuk is saying clearly, when he heard God's voice, he trembled at the holiness of God. That reminds me of Isaiah. In the year that King Uzziah died, we read about Isaiah falling on his face and saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. And we need to remember that we're not dealing with the big guy upstairs. We're not dealing with any of those things that are generally used for God. We're talking about a high and holy God that Isaiah says inhabits eternity. But the verse goes on to say, Not only does God, the holy God, inhabit eternity, He also dwells with those who are of a contrite spirit. God wants to live in our hearts. and He'll come and live in the hearts of those who call on Him with a contrite, humble spirits and a humble nature. But now I want to get down to the the Psalm of Hope that we find at the end of Habakkuk. It's a verse I came across years ago, and I put a lot of confidence in through the years. And I, I, I love, I love, you all know I love the King James Translation a lot. Sometimes I like the poetry so much there. And look at chapter 3, verse 17 through 19, the end of the chapter. I love the poetry of the King James Translators here. Those guys had a way with words. Some of them are archaic, yeah, but I I just love the poetry and the sound of it. Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 17. If you do have a Bible, I'd like you to open there and mark this passage. Highlight it. Do something. Touch, tap it, and drag it, and highlight it, whatever. This is a verse that could be of great comfort to us in days like this. Habakkuk says this, Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither there be fruit in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail. And the fields will yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Now that is a bad situation. Fruit trees aren't blooming, food is short, um, flocks are being cut off. He's talking about an economic, literally Habakkuk is talking about an economic collapse in his country. Now, I don't have any idea what the economic impact of this is going to be. I don't think any of us do. But even Habakkuk says this, even though all this would happen, even though the economy collapses, and he says, There's the, the, I don't know what I'm going to do next. The, the stalls are empty. The fields are empty. The crops, I don't have, we don't have the crops. and It's a disaster. And that could happen. We're not exempt. So what do we do if that were to happen? What if this thing really goes belly up? And it turns out to be a worldwide or a national disaster. Let's see what Habakkuk says in verse 19. I'm going to read this a couple times because I want you to catch the text of what he's saying. Um, Habakkuk says in verse 18, well, yeah, 18 and 19, he says, Yet even if this were to happen, even if the economy fails, Habakkuk says by faith. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Habakkuk's first response is joy in God. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, the Bible says. I count it all joy. Um, God's love, Living for God is all about joy. And he says, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I can't always rejoice in the world. There have been a lot of times in my life when I've got news when I I didn't enjoy the news. The apostle James wrote, count it all joy when you fall into various trials and temptations. Because our joy, because our, our trials build faith and faith builds endurance and endurance brings maturity. We can rejoice in the Lord. He says, I can joy in the God of my salvation. Now, if, if somebody doesn't have salvation, they can hardly re, 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 find joy in it, can they? But I have the joy in my heart that knowing that even if this all goes wrong, I've got the joy of knowing that I'm saved and one day I'm going to spend eternity with with God in heaven. Because that's the end of the road for me. And I can rejoice in that. I can joy in the God of my salvation. So he talks about eternity. And then the, the, whole, the whole chapter... <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> the whole chapter Excuse me, it's not the coronavirus, it's a dry throat. Chapter the the verse nineteen says, The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like hinds feet. He will make me to walk upon my high places. God is my strength. Every day when I get up I watch the news and, and I can be you know, the news makes me very nervous sometimes. But my strength is not in the Irish government. I think our Taoiseach, I'm not a big fan of him, but but him. But I think he's doing a fine job of leading us through this crisis. Um, but I can't find strength in him. I can't find strength in my native country. I can't find strength in America. I can't find strength in what's going to happen. But I can find strength in my God. The Lord God is my strength. He will give me the power to get through Whatever comes my way, because he's God and I belong to him. In the very end, he will make my feet like Heinz feet and make me to walk upon high places. Um, I don't know how to add a a visual image in this thing yet. I'm going to try to work that out. But if you get a chance, uh, I'd like you to Google goats on dam, D-A-M. All right, goats on dam. And because there's a picture out there of these goats who somehow are are walking along the ledge, the bridges of, of a man made dam, and they're walking above the struggles and the trials. And that's the kind of sure footedness God can give us. God will give us the ability to walk with sure feet above the trials and the struggles of this world. If we trust him, we don't have to get caught down in the muck and the mire and the fears and the troubles and the anxiety and the despair that the world is going through. We don't have to do that because God says, I'll lift you up to walk above that. And we can look at things from God's eternal heavenly perspective. The question is, are we going to trust God to give us that power? Are we going to let God be our strength? Are we going to let God to pour out His mercy? The just shall live by faith. That talks about salvation, but also talks about how I'm meant to live every day. Day to day today, am I walking by faith that God's in control? Or am I trying to figure things out on my own? Getting caught in despair. What's going to happen next? What's going to happen here? What's going to happen to the economy? What's going to happen? Blah, 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 blah. I don't have to be there. I can rejoice in the Lord. I can joy in the God of my salvation. And I can walk above the muck and the mire and the struggles and the trials of this world as I walk in fellowship with God. The book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 10. Um, give me a second. I'm going, to, I'm going to flip there. Bear with me, please. I didn't think about it till just now. I want you to write uh, the book of Ephesians, chapter 2. Um. And verse 9 and 10. Verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Um, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We walk in God's work. We do God's work during this time. As we rise above the troubles of the world, we keep our eyes focused on Jesus Christ. We keep our eyes on the light the light above, and we and we can allow God to work in our lives. Let's keep our eyes on Him. Let's keep our eyes focused there. For those of us who are Christians, we ought to be spending time in God's Word every day. As much as I love the news, um, I don't need to be looking there for guidance. I need to be looking up I need to be looking heavenward. Remember, guys, two things. A practical thing and a spiritual thing. As you go through life this week, as we go through life this week, let's wash our hands and let's shine our light to the world around us. Amen. Do you have any prayer requests come in? No. Just, just the COVID-19 and all Okay. Um, a couple of prayer requests came in. You need to be praying about the COVID-19 situation, which we did at the beginning, praying for the workers who were involved in that. And Holly's asked her to pray for her mother and her family situation there. So we'll pray for those things. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for our chance to spend time together, apart, this morning. Lord, I pray that you might help us to uh, be like Habakkuk and rejoice in what you're doing, even if things do go badly. We can join your salvation, those of us who know Christ as our Savior. Help us to walk above the troubles and the mires of this world. Now, Lord God, bless us. Be with us through the week. And Lord, bring us back safely together um, to fellowship around your word next Sunday morning. In Jesus' name we pray.